Alright, what's up everybody? It's the ID84 show live here from quarantine. Um, as always, I am the ID84 live on Facebook tonight. As always, below me, I guess it's below me, is Adam DeMallet. Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, we're doing great for the third week. Our uh, loyal Packy uh, contributor, Mr. Ryan Glover, below me as well. And we have the most uh, reoccurring, ho- uh, um, the most reoccurring uh, guest on the show out of the ten years I've been doing this show, um, ladies and gentlemen, Casey G up there. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going fantastic. So, Casey, is oh, is that a is that a real backdrop or is that like a imposed screen? Oh, I'm on my porch. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, so it's hot as balls here in Massachusetts today. This is the hottest day of the year we have had so far. How are you guys uh, handling this uh, heat wave? I'm, I'm grumpy. I think my body's just not used to it. It's that time of the year where you just got to get reused to it. So I think I went for a run earlier, and I just came home and just collapsed. I'm just exhausted right now. I just And I've been kind of grouchy. Yeah. Like, like I'm walking around my apartment. And like I saw a spider, and it was like big enough to the point where I was like, "Fuck! Why did I see you? Because now I gotta kill you." And like it was so big, I was like, "I don't want to touch that fucking thing." Yeah, <laughs> but like it pissed me off that I saw it. I was just like, "Damn it! Why did why did it have to be there?" And then I got mad at that for some reason. Get mad, stupid to get mad at that, but I did. And uh, now I'm here. Yeah. How about you guys? How are you dealing with the heat? With the heat? Casey. I great man i like when got some french vanilla ice cream you know from star market you know so <laughs> what about you case how are you handling the heat you loving it oh it's fantastic i've just been sitting on my porch all day just editing writing yeah so all as all as a new as a new homeowner here um in the house we don't have air conditioner we don't have central air so uh today was the real first test of uh how we're going to deal with the heat in the summertime and how high on central air is priority going to be on this list on the upcoming uh, season. And I'm going to tell you, we, it's hot. It's hot there. It's uh, 80 degrees downstairs. Um, it's 86 degrees in my son's room next to me. It is 95 degrees in the studio I'm in right now. Uh, have you ever thought about getting like a portable air conditioning unit? Like uh like those are pretty good. Yeah, that's it might be a possibility. We're gonna kind of evaluate the situation. So we can't have window air conditioners upstairs because each room only has one window, so it's a fire hazard, and uh, so that's out of the question. <laughs> so the studio is so fucking hot because I get nine lights on me right now, and then all the computers and the TVs and stuff, and I'm like, are you drinking too? I'm drinking. So. Oh yeah, that's not good. <laughs> you might fall over any minute. That is what you're saying. It's it's a cold beverage, so it's keeping me uh-huh. quite. Uh, it's quenching the thirst. Yeah. Hey, by the way, your friend uh, Priscilla is watching right now over out oh, in California. Cool. Hey Priscilla, it's uh it's 82 and rising in my apartment right now, so yeah. it's uh it's getting kind of toasty. Yeah. Do you have air yeah, conditioning? Best invest in the portable air conditioning unit. I I I had like a apartment in like South uh, Central. Yep. And like, you know, we didn't have air conditioning. So we got one of those and stuff, everything for like, like $200 or something from Kmart. And it kept the apartment like super cool. Really? Oh, okay. So it's one of those like standalone things, right? Like those standalone heaters yeah. and it works good. Yeah. It, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it, have to be yeah. Tough. I got one. It's just, the problem is it's right where I'm posted up talking to you guys. So unless you want to hear, <laughs> in the background for an hour, you know, uh, I'm just going to kill it, you know? 
so um we're almost out of quarantine adam i'm i'm saying not next week but the week after you will be in the studio with us okay so it's we'll like the right, second we'll, we'll week see. of june you <laughs> allegedly. are uh, yes allegedly we give you the okay you are uh welcome to come over to the establishment if you want to be in the sweat box of a studio now in my basement it's like 65 degrees so like you know, we could do the show down there, or we could do it in this room topless. So it's up to you. <laughs> I, I sweat worse than you, so you I'm going to drench my shirt probably. You are a wet, uh, wet Italian. You really show up to the stereotype of sweaty Italian. I don't compare to, uh, to Maddie, though. No. Maddie is like. <laughs> so Maddie like, sweats like crazy. Fatty Maddie, who was on uh, the bachelor party. Um, we went to, seat. Yeah, we went to the hottest game in two year and uh, twenty years, hottest NFL game in twenty years. It was the uh, Jacksonville versus uh, Patriots game a couple of years ago, and before the game even started, Maddie looked like he had a wet T-shirt on. He was soaking wet from uh, sweat. So he is a sweaty mofo. Casey, we haven't talked to you since the quarantine. How have you been hanging since everything's been going on? It's been freaking amazing is how it's been. I've never been so productive in my life before. Yeah. Well, you hate people anyway, so this must be fucking great it, for you. It, it's it's perfect. Yeah. I hate people, which is funny because my day job consists of me talking to people. Yep. Just 10 odd. hours a day, four days a week. Yeah. So, you know, you know for somebody who hates, hates people, I certainly don't have the right job. <laughs> and you were a server for all those years, uh... Working with myself, so I mean, you know, that's not exactly the job you want if you uh, if you hate people as well, you know. Honestly, that was a great job. I actually enjoyed that. Not my favorite job, but it was definitely a great job. I would totally do it again. Would you like to share to the guys some of the uh, characters you used to tell uh, guests who you what your name was? I think there's really only one, and that was Ted Bundy. Didn't he- I used. To- I actually used to joke and say, yeah, you got a nice save. We got Jeffrey Dahmer cooking on the grill in the back. That's right. You I'm sure that, that'll get you a lot of tips. <laughs> yeah, actually, it did, actually. I only got one complaint. He used to clean up pretty well. He was, uh, yeah, I remember one day walking by him and he's like, yeah, my name's Ted Bundy. I'll be a server tonight. Very interesting. Um. Yeah. So we have officially went into phase one in the state of Massachusetts. And um, I don't really think there's much change. If you guys noticing that it's changed so much with this whole situation? No. Nothing, right? (laughs) My wife gave me my haircut this weekend. And she actually did a pretty good job. In fact, I may never go to a barber again. (laughs) Is that why you're wearing a hat right now? Yeah. I'll show you guys the... uh, it actually wasn't bad. It was like I gave her the attachments and I just kind of did a two, like on t- like a four on top, and then like she faded it out to a three. All right, that's not bad. Not bad. I go, hey, it works. I go, I just cleaned it up a little bit. I mean, for a first time, for not having any experience of a cutting hair before, I gotta give it yeah. to her. You know, save me twenty bucks. So there you go. Yeah, so that's supposed to be basically get haircuts. That's about it. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Which is Goes uh, to the beach on Memorial Day. That was. <laughs> oh, did you go? Yeah, yeah, I went to the beach. Nice. How was it? Nice. I mean, like, it seemed like people weren't, like, wearing masks and stuff and everything. So it was, like, relaxed. You know, people just, like, you know, like a regular uh, Memorial Day, just less people. I went, like, early, though. What so, uh, like, what beach did you go to? Uh, Like, uh, one over by, like, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Okay. Like, 
Yeah. Like Crane Beach, like kind of that area that area. Yeah, yeah. So we went to the beach on Saturday, on Sunday. We drove up to uh, Old Orchard Beach in Maine. We're fucking breaking the law, crossing borders, crossed two borders that day. And no one in Maine's wearing masks. There was a couple people. And the only people wearing masks were wearing masks because they thought they had to wear masks. And once they seen that no one else was wearing masks, everyone took the mask off. So I didn't encounter any masks. <laughs> I mean, Maine's a libertarian state. Doesn't matter what anybody tells them. True. <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll do what, what, whatever they feel like it. But it felt so great crossing that border into New Hampshire. I felt like Jurassic Park when you finally like turn the corner and like do 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 do, and all these Massachusetts plates are flying over the border and we're all making. I feel like a pterodactyl just making a break for it. You know? It's definitely if I feel like I felt like a refugee escaping uh, persecution, getting into New Hampshire this weekend. It was great. Nice. But it definitely was a nice uh, change of pace because I don't know. Who the fuck knows? We don't know. No, we talked about this last week. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's like the, the comment we all make every week. We don't know. We don't know. Just, you know, just plan it by you. That's all we can do. It's been know? 12 weeks of, I don't fucking know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, it's almost June. We've been doing this since March. Um, yeah. Time is time is in the hourglass. It's just flowing like the salmon of Capistrano. And here we are just to uh, <laughs> indulge yeah. in ourselves, you know? It's... So you got to tell me how comedy works on Zoom, like mm. with a stand-up show. I'm really trying to understand. Like, that just seems awkward as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so, and I kind of fucked up. I went over my limit because, like, it's tough to see the the light when you're looking at it. So this <clears> is comedy club in, uh, called Laughing Buddha Comedy, which I've done. They actually have a, a comedy club in New York City. And I've done it a couple times back in the day. And uh, so recently I've been thinking about I want to get back into comedy. It took two years off since uh, I've been on stage. And uh, now with you got the house, the kids born already, the wedding already happened. Now it's time for me to kind of get into a groove and kind of get back into it a little bit. Um, so I got this email saying they're doing uh, Zoom comedy. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, oh, this is actually good because I don't have to leave the house. I'm not going out and being rebunctious all night. I'm just staying in my office upstairs. So. I signed up for it, and basically you go into a Zoom chat like this, and there's up to 12 people. They had uh, nine tonight, so you, you get five minutes. Um, the toughest part is where my monitor – so I'm the only one – and you're gonna, I'll post some video online tonight of my set, but I'm the only one who actually has a backdrop and like has a microphone stand like like I busted out the old stand, and I had the mic set up, yeah. and I was like – it was like I was on stage, you know? Um but everyone else is just sitting in the front of their computer with like a headset on, kind of like you, Adam. They had a headset on. They were like talking about. To me, I had the speakers on in the studio, so I don't have to wear headphones, and I had the mic, you know, on, so it didn't pick up anything. But so I was actually felt like I was on stage, so I was kind of getting into it, and that's my problem. I was getting into it because, and I wasn't paying attention to the TV screen of the little square in the corner that gives me the light, so I missed the light, so I got cut off at six minutes. I was only supposed to get five, so, but, I mean. So are there just other comedians in there with you, though? I mean, it's not yeah. really a crowd, though. So, so, okay, you're just doing comedy with other comics. Gotcha. So All right. Is, like, is there a crowd element? Like, Yeah, there could be a crowd element, but you know, okay. you'll know they're there. Here's the problem. So you have a crowd, but they can, they can watch you on the link, but you can't see them. There's no interaction on it. Um, okay. 
So it was pretty much like if you ever went to an open mic like with a bunch yeah. of other comedians, like they don't laugh at other comedians' jokes. So it was really no different than doing an open mic with other comedians because there's no interaction usually. Most of the comedians are sitting there trying to get their jokes together, not paying attention to the comedian on stage. And in reality, you really don't want to listen to the comedian on stage because you don't want to accidentally take in any of their jokes and kind of use it for your own. So you kind of zone out. Yeah. And I was, and I happened to go first tonight, so I was like, "All right, boom!" So I stand up, I'm doing it, I'm I'm, I'm trying some new jokes and stuff, and I'm uh, changing my my act a little bit. I was kind of like a raunchy act in the, my earlier days. I'm going more to like dad comedy, so I'm, I'm becoming more like a Seinfeld. I was more like a Jim Norton. Now I'm coming more of like a Seinfeld, like kind of like <laughs> observational. Like, what's the deal of buying a house? I just bought a house, so my 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 kid shits. So I had to change a diaper. Stuff Why like do that. they call it New England? It's <laughs> over 100 years old. <laughs> Basically, stuff like that. So I'm trying my new, I'm trying my new, and it's actually working really well because the jokes are actually longer. They're more stories than punchline jokes. So, but the problem is it's really tough to work those in in a five minute open mic. So I gotta uh-huh. like, so I'm gonna do another show on Friday. Um, and then I'm going to try to, instead of doing my lead up joke and then the joke I was working on that I cut off, I'm just going to do the joke I was cut off. I'm just going to bang that out and work from there. Um, cause there's really no time to set up anything. It's really, I don't have the time. I, I, I don't. So I got to really fine tune this joke and kind of condense it and stuff. So, which kind of sucks because when you're doing a show for real life, you really want to stretch those jokes cause you got to fill 25, 30 minutes, right? You don't want to yes. condense your joke if it's, you know, a seven, eight minute joke. You don't want to condense to the five minutes because you're going to take time. It's just going to take away some goodness to it. So, but it wasn't bad overall. It wasn't bad. I'm, I'm going to sign up for another show on Friday. Um, I'm going to try to do a show every other night, uh, until this quarantine's over and then get back to real stand up once a week. Once we're allowed to go outside and see how that goes. But it's, uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta keep the, uh, the grease on the wheels. You know what I mean? I was getting antsy. Oh, you know? yeah. You know how it is. You and you and Ryan both uh, actors. You know, if you're, you know, you guys have to. Uh, it must. It's, it's how do you guys like? How do you deal with like gigs and stuff? Like you know, like you know, you you don't, right? I mean, have you been doing any online like video? Have you been searching like any things that require like you can act online via Zoom or anything? Or? I've applied for a couple things and stuff. Everything like um, there's. I think it was always like you know where. You'd send in for like uh like they'll read you to tell you to read the sides and stuff and everything yeah and like send them back and stuff and everything but like uh, one of the issues I have is like finding people and stuff and everything to read sides with me so like yeah. <laughs> that is that like is a challenge like you know in itself sometimes but like uh I'll I'll do like um you know like on auditions and stuff like that sometimes online and uh talk to like you know different people yeah or whatever about uh just like self submit to stuff. There's a lot of like online, like, you know, castings and stuff, but like I pretty much haven't been doing like a whole lot because I was like, oh, like they wanted me to submit. But like just like it's it's challenging to find people to read with you sometimes, especially in a pandemic, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I've seen a few acts like uh, online to submit some stuff to, uh, you know, digitally. Um, I do feel, though, this is a probably a good opportunity for people who really like want to do something to like build stuff and get stuff going. I mean, because a lot of people who were just like your regular, you know, fly by night guy, kind of amateur, you know, whatever I do it, they're not going to do it after this is over. Like the, the comics that were kind of just like, yeah, you know, I do it because there's nothing better to do. Probably won't do it unless they really want to when it's over. Act is the same exact way. 
So I feel like if you're like one of those kind of talented people who really want to do something, you, I mean, it's a good time to take advantage, like polishing shit up. Like, have you guys done any skits? Like any like you know by yourself YouTube's? I know Adam, you work with either the potato. How are you, Ryan? Yeah. You, like you do your interviews, but do you do like any skits? Like you just you know sit there and yeah, put something together. Has in the past, I've done a lot of that stuff. I haven't done anything like you know uh, like during the pandemic. I've mostly just been focusing on the interviews. Yeah. Um, you know, because I find those like really interesting. So like I uh, like I interviewed Michael Blackson this week and stuff, everything who's a comedian and like, you know, and stuff, everything. And like uh, just like hearing other people's story, because like I was like, I've always been interested in like biographies of people and just like, you know, how they got their start. And I think you can learn a lot from, you know, people's like, you know, successes, their mistakes and stuff. So that's just like, you know, why I kind of like stick to interviews and it gives me a chance to interact with like, you know, another person. Yep. So. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's, it's the only thing you can do at this point, right? It's like, I don't know. I just feel like this is, uh, I know it's a terrible situation going on. It's a pandemic. Paradi- was it a pandemic? What the fuck is it? Oh, what I- <laughs> pandemic. Oh, pandemic. Oh, my God. Jeez, I had a stroke there for a second. I know it's a pa- <laughs> It's hot. 90, 95 degrees here in the studio. I, I uh, sweating profusely. I have no pants on. Actually, it's the best part. I have no. I have no pants on right now. It's great. I'm, I'm sitting here waist up. It's clothes. So, no. But um, I feel like I, you, if you're a, a real go getter, this is a great opportunity to uh, take advantage of this time and kind of like uh, you know, do something with it, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you take lemons and make lemonade. I mean, it sucks for everyone, but like you know, at, at the end of the day, you got to find something to like, kind of push you through all this shit, right? I mean, otherwise you're just gonna sit there and. Unless you're Casey and hate people and you're loving it and you hope this thing goes on for another year. I mean, no, I, I, mean I, I would totally be down for that. <laughs> I, I'll be okay with that. It's great. I've already written about 40 or 50,000 words since the lockdown started, which is about the equivalent of a novel. So There you go. I'm wasted. You're going to be banging out novels like it's no one's business. That's the goal. What are you going to say? You say, Ryan? I'm sorry. Oh, I think like, man, it seems like, you know, now like everyone is doing, uh, you know, like when I was doing like Zoom interviews, I remember like, you know, no one wanted to do them because of the fact like, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, like, oh, like, you know, it's a Zoom interview and stuff, everything. Who does that? Like, you know, ever do something in person and stuff, everything or whatever. But like, uh, you know, then like, you know, now it's like everybody's doing like, you know, Zoom interviews. I see it all the time, like, you know, major you know, radio hosts and stuff because that's all you could do unless you're like, you know, essential and you're you're part of like, you know, the news and stuff, everything like but uh it seems like it's oversaturated now to this point. So yeah. it's like everyone's doing it. And, but I I'm getting like, you know, uh some of the, the best interviews. Like I think the quality of my interviews have actually gone up in my personal opinion. But like where the views have gone down because it seems like there's so many people on online and there's so much everyone's online now so you're competing against everyone for like you know the real estate of, of views and, and stuff like that so yeah i mean you were doing this uh long before anyone else was doing it so you're you kind of like the pioneer in this, the, the zoom videos you know so now everyone's copying you when you think about it at the end of the day you know i know right it's funny because people were like oh like i will never do a zoom interview <laughs> like right. people I, I was talking to and they're like oh can we do a zoom interview we'll do it because <laughs> as, as um i guess like you know a lot of people and stuff everything like caught on and you know uh but it's interesting to, to see like you know people like i watch other people's styles of their zoom interviews and you know just trying uh, to 
you know, I don't know how long it's gonna last. I hope this this ends though, because I would like I was trying to get into really doing like live interviews, going out with a videographer, and it was like just as started started to do that, like you know, then it started like oh, like you're a meeting stuff, you can't go out anymore. So yeah, yeah. No. Before the pandemic, I I never even heard of Zoom. And then the pandemic yeah. happened, and yeah. then like all of a sudden, it's like Skype does not exist anymore. Like <laughs> pandemic just like killed Skype. I agree. Never heard of Zoom before, and me and Aaron, Adam did our first few uh, remote radio shows via Skype, and then uh, we did Zoom, and I, I found that Zoom's a little more user friendly to for this interface for me to record and to get the show going and everything than Skype. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it I is. Hilarious and stuff. You guys know, like I've been uh, doing Zoom interviews on the site for like two years i know <laughs> and i never knew there was zoom that's the problem but they work all good i guess you know well I, I i feel like this um this has forced me to like kind of like not be lazy with like you know adam knows how like the studio used to be like we, well the studio used to be in my living room and yeah. every and every week we had to pop shit up real quick like lights and stuff and like meanwhile my wife's cooking dinner and the baby's crying right there and then i Root. the dogs yeah the dogs are barking the roommates coming in and out you know like an idiot like in front of the camera um you know so now it's like i have my little sanctuary here in the house my own dedicated space that's although very high tempered but i might be buying one of those air conditioning units that uh, ryan was talking about so make this place a little cooler um but it's nice i i've actually i've, I've it sucks that people are dying and all that stuff but at the end of the day, if you're motivated enough, you can try to make something, uh, you know, useful out of this time. Like, you know, obviously Casey's writing, you know, right? You have to you go crazy. You know, doing interviews, you know, you know so. I'm, I'm just uh, staying alive. You know what I mean? Staying alive like the Bee Gees. I think, you know, it's a really great time for planning and like, you know, figuring out like what you want to do, like when the pandemic is over mm -hmm. and like, you know, what's important. I think like, you know, and stuff and everything, it gives you a really good uh, time to like prioritize like, you know, what's really important in your life and like, you know, get rid of stuff that isn't because like, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, and stuff and everything, I think like, you know, we realize like, you know, how important our families are, how important it is to, to have clean air, how important it is to have food, you know, <laughs> and, you know, oh, absolutely. if you got a passion and stuff too, you know, to follow that, so. Yeah, I started dwelling on that kind of stuff the other day, and it just made me antsy. Like, I'm like, I just want to get to, like, point B now. I'm sick of freaking sitting around and waiting, and I just want to get there. You know what I mean? It's just, it gets a little frustrating just thinking about this whole situation too much, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just got to look ahead, I guess. So, so the bright side is stuff's opening up, so we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? You got to sit here and just bitch and moan yeah. and... Oh. You know, eventually it all just catches up, and then the you know, yeah, and, and just wait for um Ju uh, June's natural disaster. What's that going to be? I don't know, but May we've apparently got murder hornets. I'm not afraid of those fucking. Oh yeah, we hornets. talked about the murder hornets. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it. Oh no, those uh, those things that have been sitting underground for 17 years are hatching this year too. The ca I can't even pronounce cicadas? it. Cicadas. The cat. Yeah, it's the cacker, whatever the heck they're called. I can't pronounce them. They're little bugs. Yeah, they, you know, make, they make those noises. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just there. saying, so far, every single month has been something new. <laughs> and something catastrophic. You know, it's, so. a, it's a lot of civil unrest, too, man. You see how they're <laughs> looting and stuff, everything in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah not too happy with the governor over there. 
I think this is really dividing the country into two. I mean, everyone thought Trump divided the country. I mean, I think coronavirus is dividing the country in a deep, like, it's going to be, I mean, there could be a civil war. Yeah. The problem is there could never be a civil war in this country, and I'll tell you why. It's going to be very difficult. Because the cities, all the major cities are so highly democratic and left-wing, and all the suburbs are right-wing, unless the cities themselves separated into their own little pods. There could never be a, 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 a formal divide in this country because you couldn't get elite, you couldn't get one state 100% on board to pull it out because everyone else would just be arguing. That's the problem. Like the only way this place would this, this country would ever divide is if cities were just individually just like yanking themselves out of like the region. You know what I mean? Like becoming their own little pods. Because I mean, unless there was unless there was something like bad like that the Massachusetts was doing that Georgia didn't want to do. You know what I mean? Like something that was like statewide like. That's the only way I could see them. Otherwise, it's just going to be civils just pulling themselves out. Civils, the city's just going, see ya, bye. All you need is Texas to lead the way. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, but even Texas though, like Houston is so left wing. Like it's a highly, like very populated left wing. Like, so would Texas will just leave and like leave Houston like out hanging out? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I feel like it, you need, you, you need something to be everyone be on board with. And I don't think people, people can't even agree. On to wear a mask or not, you know. <laughs> so right you're gonna depend on us to have a civil war. We're not smart enough to come up with an agenda to pull away as as Americans. You know what I mean? We're lemons just following the ways of the, the government. They say wear a mask, we wear a mask. Don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Because remember, a couple months ago they told us not to wear a mask. Yeah. Now we wear a mask. They also said it was gonna go poof. I mean, so yeah, that's true. So. Casey, you're the, only, you're the only single one in this group still, right? Uh, yes. So, have you been... I, mean, uh, I don't know everybody, everybody else's love life, but... Well, yes, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're the only single one, so I just want to make sure you didn't have a little lady you met over the course of the pandemic or whatever. Um, have you been doing online uh, dating at all with the Zoom? No. All right. I need to, I need to, we need to talk to someone. We need to bring I know, someone we gotta on. find somebody who, who's, uh, who's diving into this. There's no need to. Do they wear the mask when they're doing their Zoom uh, love life? Like, is that a thing? Like, I don't know. Like, how does that work? Social distancing. You know, you got, if you're going to talk, you have to be six feet away from the computer at all times. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You steer in the other room screaming. You just got to be safe. Six feet away from all communication at all times. So we got a couple people watching right now. We got my aunt Sharon in Connecticut watching. We got uh, Doug watching in Massachusetts. We got Brian watching in SoCal. He goes, things are opening up in SoCal restaurants. Open actually went to breakfast this morning in a place. Tables mocked, no service, etc. Spacing people around. Our flights at Southwest are getting full again. Capacity and all that good stuff. So that's a good sign. So if California is opening restaurants and flights out of there are full, I mean, they're usually, you know, a nice uh, start for how things are going. So if California is doing it, then it must be good, right? Uh, it's supposed to be open like uh in the middle of june so like june 15th i read that today yeah yeah okay. disney yeah it's like everything we're gonna be uh full-blown back to america in a few weeks and things are gonna be just fucking dandy you know the democrats want this to last till like october though because it's like you know they want to use this in their advantage for the uh, for the election but um i don't know if it's gonna go their way like you know, the yeah. way things are <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we don't. don't yeah, he's. <laughs> so you see that interview with Charlemagne, where he said yeah. like, uh, <laughs> exactly. 
I was going to ask that if anyone's seen Biden. So Biden's been hiding in a bunker lately, and he only comes out in certain moments. And when he does, he, he typically says something very dumb. And it's, it's like, doesn't it's, I feel like now Trump says stupid stuff, too. Right. But but we we just accepted the fact that Trump just says stupid stuff at this point. Right. So like when he says something stupid, it's kind of like, ah, well, it's Trump saying it now. Biden was kind of quiet during the Obama presidency. You didn't hear much from him. He was, you know, a leader. You know, he had no, no, no one knew anything about him. And then all of a sudden he goes to run for president and we realize that he's having difficulties um, making statements without something sounding, uh, you know, not intelligent. You know, I'm sure he's an intelligent fella, but the things he's saying doesn't make him sound that way. And it's very No, he's scary. really stupid shit. You know, it's... <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know like I, doesn't he have someone proofreading what he says or is he just going He's, off script like I know it, it makes you really wonder it's like some of these people might be more quote unquote educated but that doesn't make them smarter you know well I know plenty of educated people with no fucking common sense none oh yeah, yeah. I I feel like the, the higher your IQ the less common sense you have you know what I mean like that's like that's a given yep. right there you know yep but. Did we lose everyone? All right. Yeah. So now we're back. All right. Facebook, we're back. Everywhere, we're back. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you don't even know we left. So, and, or uh, YouTube. So <laughs> we started getting really political for the first time ever in the history of the show. And literally, Zoom just kicked us off. And the thing is, we never talk politics in the show. And we were just bragging about how great Zoom is. And <laughs> just really fucked us over. So, uh, so let's see if we can last the next uh you know 25 minutes or so for the rest of the show um but yeah so and i guess that's it i mean i'm really tiptoeing around the subject of politics it's funny because you know go ahead no i was gonna say what's the next uh sporting event that's coming up i know i think the nhl just announced something yes so the nfl has announced which kind of sucks for the bruins because the Bruins had the best record going into uh, the, the the quarantine. They, they essentially would have been the uh, number one seed, so they would have had to play the eighth seed going into the whatever. But what they're doing now is they have 24 of the 31 teams are making the playoffs, and the first, the highest four teams on each um, east and west have to do a round robin. So each team plays each of the other three teams, who are the one, two, three, and four, and then... It's kind of like World Cup hockey. At the end of those four games, your point average will figure out if what seed you sit in, one, two, three, or four. So the Bruins could technically lose the fourth seed if they lose you know, a couple of the games in this round robin. Now, while they're playing this round robin, the other, so what did I say, 24 teams, so that's 12. So the other eight teams are playing in for a playoff spot for four teams. So they're doing like a best of three out of those four eight teams then then they'll get to eight teams like you typically would do for a playoff and then you'd go to the, the five or seven game series from there so it's uh you know being a one seed going into the pandemic be a pandemic fuck, the, until the, the coronavirus um coronavirus <laughs> you, it, it sucks Have some jello pudding <laughs> <laughs> you think, think this Sorry. coronavirus and uh bill crosby's jail right now no, but I'm wondering where all my roof and all went. I can't get down anymore, Potty. Mm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Mm. 
Um, yeah, so that, that's hockey. So a lot of the hockey, uh, um, the hockey uh, enthusiasts or the uh, hockey um, traditionalists are very upset about this. Uh, so hockey is probably going to be the next sport to start, and they're going to do remote locations as well, kind of like uh, basketball is thinking about doing. Now basketball, I guess they're going to play all the teams are going to go down to Disney World and play down there for the rest of the season. Okay, so. They're going. I know in. baseball players are pissed because they're trying to cut their pay or scale their pay, and they're not having it. Baseball is done. They they had their last opportunity to get this going, and now they just mm-hmm. fucked it. Um, my favorite is uh, Snell from down in Tampa. Have you seen any of his interviews? I haven't seen any of his interviews. I just know he's totally pissed off. He's not taking a pay cut. He refuses to take a pay cut. He calls it the Rona. That's his slang term. He goes, "If I get the Rona, I'm going to risk my life." So he doesn't want to go. He once said. He doesn't care if he gets the coronavirus. If he gets it, he gets it. Now he's backpedaling and saying uh, he doesn't want to go out there and play baseball because it's risking his life. <laughs> so, God, whatever. Ass. I mean, listen, is he 82 years old? No, he's like 26. Um, yeah. We can all agree who got royally fucked by the coronavirus, right? The one player that is royally fucked from the coronavirus. It's Mookie Betts. <laughs> Because if Mookie signed with the Red Sox for his, what was it, $300 million deal that they offered him right before he left, and right before they traded him, he would have been guaranteed that $300,000 over the next seven or eight years, right? Guaranteed. Yeah, $300 million. $300 million, $300 million for the next eight years, I think it was, right? Guaranteed. It's already signed in paper. The world could end. He's still getting paid. He opted oh, out. dead. Oh, dead, yeah. <laughs> he, uh... <laughs> He opted out to go into free agency, and now he's a free agent at the end of this year. He may never play for the Dodgers. The Dodgers may not play yeah. a game. We traded him to the Dodgers. He's a free agent. Where is baseball teams going to come up with the money to pay these players? That I think those days are over. Don't you agree? Like Those days of high-priced baseball players are gone because there's no money think- anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. I think all players next year, all free agents in every sport are going to take a hit because yeah. the money is going to be in a little bit of a decline. It's going to have to build up gradually over the years to the fan bases again. Yeah, It's probably actually a good thing for baseball because the numbers are so astronomical with the players are being paid now that oh, they really, it couldn't justify, you know, it didn't make the games justifiable. I mean, here's the thing. So you play 82 home games a year, but you're charging like, you know, $40 to stand per game, right? Yeah. Like, that's not the way the more games you play, the cheaper the ticket's supposed to be. That's the way the principle works. I'm not paying the same amount to stand at a Red Sox game on a Tuesday night than I do, you know, on a shitty Patriots game on a Sunday. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. I yeah. just don't I just don't get it. And I think basically what happened is baseball has hit its plateau and it's not gonna get any higher than that, you know. And you know, now we're gonna see some serious consequences. You may see teams as other as other leagues are expanding. Baseball might start to condense itself a little bit. You may be getting rid of a lot of teams, um, which they need to, which would reduce the schedule, which would make it a little more user-friendly. I mean, you're playing six months out of the year. Um, So I just – I don't know. I I think the baseball players kind of not coming back as kind of a selfish move in their part um, for the fact that, you know, they don't want to play, so they're not going to play. What's going to happen is you're going to see minor league players come up. They're going to have replacement players. Yeah, I'll go see some replacement plays. I go see minor league games anyway. I'm actually wearing a Durham Bulls T-shirt right now, the AAA yeah. affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I'll go see some AAA players play at Fenway Park. Don't be charging me forty dollars a stand. 
No shit. But yeah, you know, you know, like uh, I felt bad for the minor league players because you hear how the MLB halted the payments and stuff. Yep. Ah, so, like, yeah, they got fucked. They got yeah, really fucked. <laughs> and those poor guys are only making like twenty G's a year at most. Some of them, you know, what I mean, they're not making a lot right. of money. So I mean, the and little money that they're making, they fucking just got zambooted over. I don't know how they would do it, but like Major League Baseball threatened to pull the plug on Minor League Baseball. They said like we will get rid of the minors. I don't know how the hell they can do that, but they can apparently. Well, I mean, so basically, all the teams own the minor league team. So basically, the Red Sox have you know the five to six affiliates that are on the room that they own the players, and the mom and pops like you and you and we could own our own baseball stadium somewhere. I could own a baseball stadium in Bunfuck, Iowa, and <laughs> that's my stadium and my team. And I'll to enable to get players for that. I affiliate myself with a major league ball club. The major league ball club plays the pays the players, and I take care of you know the facilities of the place. You know, and then there's a, some kind of an uh, agreement on gate prices of who gets what so much money for each. And basically, it's a business. So you own a stadium. It's like a small business. So I mean, yeah. I could see the major league baseball saying, "Well, fuck you. We're pulling out the minors." <laughs> Um, we're going to cut all the minor league players. They're all going to be free agents, and we're going to have like a practice squad, you know, like football has, and these players are in a retainer in a practice squad, or they develop their own league, you know, like the D League for the uh, NBA is, uh, you know, affiliate of the NBA. So maybe yeah. they do something like that. Maybe they have like the D League for uh, baseball, and then you have like, you know, instead of single A all the way to triple, you just have, you know, triple A players who are sitting there on deck ready to go for baseball. I mean, it would really piss off a lot of people and really be a real blemish in the sport because it's it's something that's, that baseball is a type of sport where when you play for A ball to go to double ball to triple ball is a huge difference. I mean, from double to triple, and you can see what players look at Tim Tebow from going to double, hitting all those home runs to triple A. It's a significant incline. The talent level is so much higher, you know. Uh, I feel like the best players go from double A to majors, though. I feel like triple yeah. A is that eh, we're not sure about. Yeah, you might kind of suck, but we'll keep you here and see what happens, and then maybe we'll bring it up. <laughs> yeah, and unless you're like you know, unless you're in a full effect, like a fast advancer, like uh, I think like Mookie for example, he went from like Portland double A to Pawtucket halfway through the middle of the season. He only played half a season in triple A. And then yeah, I think it's like he, a rehab stint. <laughs> yeah, and then I think he was brought up for the expansion roster for the pros. You know, what I mean, at the end of the season, so. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying like if you're a a long time AAA player, you just probably not gonna make it. You know, if if you haven't really, you only should be in AAA really for a year, the most. Or I mean, if you're a major leaguer in rehab. Exactly. Yeah, you shouldn't be <laughs> yeah. playing in AAA for more than a year or two because at that point, because that point you're either waiting for your position to open in the major league ball club, or mm-hmm. you're just not that good. And if you're waiting for a position, there's other teams out there that probably need that position and probably would have snatched you up a long time ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, I knew a AAA player. I played. Uh, I worked with him at the bar. He was a AA player for uh, Toronto, um, and he only made it to AA. He was a pitcher, relief pitcher. He ended up leaving. He ended up being cut by Toronto, um, and then ended up playing for a private league. Like you know how like the Massachusetts uh, Navigators, or they know like teams like that, or the yeah, Bro- Brockton yeah. Rocks. They're an independent baseball league. He went to go play for the uh, Long Island Ducks down in uh, New York. And it's yeah. just a just an independent league, you know. And he, Timmy he made twenty three thousand dollars a season. That's it. Fuck, I'd settle for that right now, man. I need some form of entertainment. You know how I know I'm suffering from this pandemic is the fact that even my dreams are lame. Like my dreams are so lame. Like I, I'll like dream I'm just standing in line 
at like a Dunkin' Donuts or I'm standing in line waiting to buy something. Adam, Those are my dreams. Adam, you're not dreaming about me in a onesie? And I don't have you to sit across from and stare longly into my eyes. So no, I'm not. It's true. Even that would be better. Even that would be, that would be creepy. At least that would be some fucking emotion. I have, my dreams are emotionless. They're just me standing there and looking at things. There's nothing going on in my dreams. The lame. Yeah. Casey, <laughs> Casey, do you have a revolving door of ladies just coming over your house? Do you take in their temperature before they walk in and, <laughs> you know, making sure they're coronavirus free? Uh, nope. Good for you. You're a man of, of leisure. He's just all comfortable on his porch. Yes. It looks very comfortable out there. I Jeez. bet there's a nice, cool breeze going on, too. I know, right? <laughs> it is. It's a, the only disturbing is that one of our neighbors is setting off fireworks. So you're uh, telling me your porch isn't 95 degrees in, like, a swamp? No, it is not 95 degrees, and it does not feel like a swamp. Well, it's cool out now. It's, like, 70-something. Yeah. My house is still at 80 degrees right now. I bet if you step outside after the show, you're gonna you're gonna feel like you just oh. walked into an ice box. It's I walked down I walked downstairs to get a berry before we started the show, and downstairs was 80 degrees. Up here is like in the 90s, and downstairs felt absolutely beautiful. It was like, <laughs> oh god, I'm telling you, it was like stepping into another world down there. Yeah, you're glowing like a pregnant woman. Your skin yeah. looks very uh, <laughs> glowing. <It's>, uh... <laughs> I might I might pass out in the middle of the show. <laughs> you know, fuck. It is what it is, I guess, right? Yeah. For the love of the game, I feel like a baseball player here in the middle of, uh, you know, middle of uh, July playing under the lights. Please don't fall. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Like, I'd be like, do I call the cops? Like, say, yeah, I was just we were just broadcasting on Zoom, and my buddy uh, just smacked his head on the on the Fenway seat and cracked his skull open. I think. <laughs> like, how does that go? Well, I hope like, you would. I hope you would call or text my wife, who's downstairs first. <laughs> I mean. Me too. <laughs> I would Maybe hope let I would her too. let her know, you know, that there, there might be a situation upstairs. You're right. That would be pretty, yeah. That should be step one. I mean, I would appreciate <laughs> that, you know. And if you want to call nine one one after the fact, then you go ahead. But you know, mm. you know, you know. Actually, you know what? Call nine one one first. Don't call my wife because she might be sleeping down there. So it could be hours before him <laughs> comes to find me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. A few people watching Facebook would be like, "Yeah, hey, he hasn't moved for a while. You know, maybe his camera froze." Some pretentious <laughs> asshole though would probably think it's art. Be like, "I love this piece. Look at what he's doing." <laughs> <laughs> but I am. I understand it. My, I am art. That's my name. Ah. I like, I like those apples, kid. Oh man. Um. So, uh, do you think? And I had this discussion earlier with someone about football. I do not believe that the NFL will allow a season to begin without players in the stadium. I don't think it's – they're a multi-billion dollar company. I don't think they will allow this to happen. I think that they will only because, like you said, they're a multi-billion dollar company and they're television rights. So just for television alone, I think they would. But, I mean, that's 60% of their income, though. And they're greedy, yeah, they're greedy motherfuckers, the football owners. You know that. You know, they. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, Kraft already said that he, he, I don't know if he was in an interview with, uh, on Fox News uh, a couple of days ago. I think it was last night, actually, saying that he has all intentions to start the season with full fans in the stadium. I mean, I don't, yeah. I can't imagine. I think the NFL is one of the most powerful companies in this country, to be honest with you, right? I mean, granted, it's, 
how many people what percentage of people do you think watch the NFL? Sixty percent? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Men and women of all ages. You know, it's one of the only sports that kind of goes through both sexes, male and female, and really covers a vast amount of ages. You know, baseball, the average viewer is 60 years old, you know. Basketball, the average viewer is, you know, in his teens, and, you know, more minorities watch basketball, and they're younger, and they're male. Um, hockey is predominantly, you know, middle-aged white men. You know, that's you know that's the characteristic. Football really covers all characteristics, right? I mean, it has those day of the week, you know, so. Yeah, right? <laughs> You know what they should do? Bring people in, but every other seat is a sex doll. I like that. <laughs> so you start bringing people in, and it's a space between you and the next person. There you go. Let me ask you a question. Can you use the sex doll while you're at the game? That's well, you question. see, that might cause some problems, but at least security will have their hands full, and they'll have stuff to do. That's you know? true. Some drunk asshole, you know what he's going to do at halftime. Why do they make the lips so offensive on a sex doll? You know what I mean? Like, they're so, like, overly, uh, overly blown up. Like, you know, they're surprised. They look surprised. They do look you know? surprised. Yeah. And why do they make the little blowy thing like right on the like the nipple? So you have to blow do it I? up by the nipple. Yeah. Or if it's a male sex doll, you blow it up in the peepee. Oof. Casey, you ever see a sex doll in real life? I've no. never seen just in the uh, other ones I've seen are amazing. Never, never. Yeah. I don't know anybody that owned one, but I don't know. I never met anyone who owned one either. And I think if they, I did, I'd probably not be friends with him anymore because I don't think I don't think you could be <laughs> friends with somebody. That is a wise decision. <laughs> you can't be friends with a guy who owns a sex doll. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those three thousand dollars sex dolls, man, they look really lifelike. You oh know? yeah, they like, sure do. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 they're gonna replace relationships eventually, not in our lifetime, but like I feel like someday they're gonna destroy relationships because it's like, know. why the hell would I want to be with a woman who's gonna bitch and moan and whine? When I could just go to this thing that looks completely human, I could beat it up. Nobody cares. I could do whatever I want. It has no emotion. I could do whatever the fuck I want with it, and I'm not going to get in any trouble. That's Adam, what's going to happen eventually. Were you the one who talked about uh, relationships being ruined by Japanese sex dolls? Did we have this discussion? Did you write an yes. article or something about the? Yeah, so we talked about this before, yeah. right? Yeah, like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a real life possibility. Sex dolls could ruin your relationship. And what's your wife gonna do? Take the batteries out of it? Like, what's what's like? What's her other option? You know what I mean? Like, come on. I don't. I'm, I'm not one to, uh, you know. I like a little bit of personality. I mean, I have dated girls who have the personalities of sex dolls, and that's about how blame they are. But you know, at the end of the day, they still have a pulse. Unless these sex right. dolls have a pulse. I mean, I need a little. Otherwise, I feel like a Jeffrey Dahmer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Or Bill Cosby, man. There you go. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about over there? <laughs> um, what do you, you know mean you're going to have a yeah. pulse to be consensitive? <laughs> what are you making fun of me? I don't know why I'm a paper to pop a Kodak film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that, like, they're great for the elderly. Like, if I was, el like, an elderly person and, like, sex dolls are maybe, like, a, a couple more steps from where they are now, that'd yeah. be awesome. Imagine what the nursing homes will look like, just like these these robots walking around with old people. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's better than an old man getting a hooker and then getting crabs everywhere, you know what I mean? And then you have to, like, fumigate the apartment. <laughs> like Robert Kraft, you know? Yeah, so. right? Like, shit, like, fuck. I mean, rabbit. Arrested, you know, Jupiter, you know. You know, every time I've been around one of those rubby tuggy places in my life like whether walking by or driving by especially in florida you only see old men come in and out of those places right it's like you got a lot of old retirees going in there for there was when i was so years ago i went down to go see the uh 
at the time, the Cincinnati Reds were spring training in Sarasota, Florida. Now the Baltimore Orioles play at that stadium. So I went to a Reds game, and across the street from the stadium near the parking lot was this place called Body Works. And it was in this, like, run-down industrial park. But it was right across from the stadium, and you could see old men walking across after the baseball game into this place. It was a rub-and-tug place, right? Perfect location. I mean, I yeah. guess one month a year, perfect location. But, I mean... You like to rub it, and I like to tug it. Every, every time <laughs> I, I'm going, like, you know, I've, like, I've had an issue... And so everything. I went to the very first one I went to. They told me I, I must be an undercover cop. <laughs> you know, everything. I tried to convince them, like, no, I'm not an undercover cop. You know, we we popped into once uh, one down <laughs> down in Florida went many years ago, and the same thing happened to us. Me and my buddy walk in, and we had just. It was like two o'clock in the morning. We had just left like the nightclub. It was spring break, and right across the street from our hotel was this place. So I'm like, dude, let's. Go over I got I go, I gotta see what the hell's going on in this place. So it was like a strip mall. You know how Florida get the strip malls and lights on that. So we walk across, we go in there, and we're all like kind of dressed up nice and everything. First thing the girl says, she's like, You guys gotta leave. I go, Why? She goes, You guys are cops. Get out. Get out, cops. You harass me. You harass me. <laughs> and we're like looking at each other, like, fucking cops. I'm like, I'm like ties on. We had we had ties. It was spring break two thousand three. We were underage going into a nightclub, so we thought if we wore ties in dress shirts that the, the bouncer would just let us in. Well, ah. he, he did. And we're, here we are sitting in the nightclub. Um, what, my buddy Joey Doubleback has a sweater on. It's Florida. It's hot out. You know, I got a tie on. We're sitting there. We met these girls from Iowa. It was a great night. Went to a rub tug. Got kicked out. He was being a cop, you know. Man. Well, if they thought you were a cop, you guys should ask for discounts. should have been like, <laughs> that should have been the next question. You know, that's a good question. I should give it the old winky wink and be like, well, you know. How can I make this disappear off my memory? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean, it's hard to find a, to admit a person that goes to those places regularly. I mean, there was one in Revere called Black Lace uh, many years ago. Casey, do you remember this place, Black Lace? I have never been to such place. No, I'm not saying you've been there. I mean, do you remember driving <laughs> by it and seeing it on Square Road, the big sign and everything like that? No. So there was. It, Are you talking about what is now the Squire? No, no, no. This was like uh, so when Northgate Shopping Plaza is across the street next to that mobile station, that building that's across from it had a uh, place called Black Lace upstairs. It was a uh, it was a modeling store. So basically, what you do is you go in, and there's like this like trashy broad work in there, and she'd be like, "For fifty dollars, I can model anything in this store for you," and then I work on tips. And they had like a little clothes rack of like clothes, like five outfits. And you'd be like, "Yeah, all right, that one." Then you go in there and you model it, and then she puts it on for you for fifty dollars. And you're like, "Well," and then then the negotiations start from there. Allegedly, it was a yeah. allegedly a big place for uh, Revere Police to uh, stop in occasionally. That's why it went on for fifteen years, and no one ever stopped it. Wow, <laughs> damn, that's a long time. Yeah. And when it closed, it was like, ah, oh, I guess it's closed. Allegedly, someone went, who I know went there, they wanted $250 for a handjob. <laughs> That's a lot of money for a handjob. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Jesus. How many dirty hookies you can have sex with? Uh, especially if it's something you can do yourself, you know, like. I know, mm -hmm. I know right? With some great lotion. That's you it. know, you can do it for free, right? But if you want some something to feel like a little more intimate about it, light a candle while you jerk off or something. I don't know. Play, <laughs> play some uh, Enya in the background, you know what I mean? 
There you go. Uh, run a bubble bath. I don't know. There you go. Shit. There's a lot of things you could do to make yourself feel more intimate. The things you could do at the Black Lace. Um. All right. So it's about that time of the night. We have uh, had a nice show here. We'll start with Casey down there. Casey, anything uh, you plug in? Anything you want anyone to go check out? Don't do it. Don't do what? What? Whatever it is, don't do it. No, I'm asking you. Is there anything you plug in? You want to plug or? Uh, plug? Um, not particularly, no, unless people like reading. Um, the, did they... manage to publish one book uh, during quarantine. It came out la- beginning last month. Um, <clears throat> we could want to get this book if they uh, chose to. Oh, it is only available on Amazon. Oh, okay. What's the name of it? You're not plugging your, your book very well. Oh, yeah. No, I'm. You know me. I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm. I'm not very good with words. You know, says yeah. the person who writes profusely. Um, it's called the Desecration of the World. Uh, the basic premise of it is it. Uh, it revolves around the fallout of a, a civil war in a fantastical realm. Uh, so it's a very much a very dark, dark fantasy uh, and, and a very dark retelling of a world similar to that of uh, the Lord of the Rings. Um, okay. That's the best description I can, I can pull off at the top of my head. All right. So download it. Buy it from Amazon. Casey needs some handjob money. <laughs> Ryan, what are you uh, plugging? What's going on with you? Any, which uh, new interviews? Yeah, going? Uh, check out uh, my recent interview on the Packy uh, with Michael Blackson. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Word. There you go. Mr. Mallet? Uh, you can always check out the Whirlwind Potato on YouTube and on the uh, the Packy. I've been starting to drop more of my videos on there lately. So Nice. And of yeah. course, uh, you get me on the Packy and uh, Wicked Explorers twexplorers.com so uh that's this show thank you guys for joining uh well i know that we have one more quarantine show left at least me and adam together and then uh you know we can go from there but uh, then we can sweat together we can sweat, sweat, <laughs> make it sweat. but uh guys thank you for watching thank you for coming on a little late tonight where i appreciate it and uh, i'll see you guys soon have a good one Peace. Later, buddy. you too